Hello, my name is Leslie Kane, and I am the host of the Why Not Today podcast. This is a podcast to celebrate people who have been courageous and said, why not today? I started this podcast in honor of my father, Patrick Kane, who often just said, why not today? There was not a problem he couldn't solve or everything was figure outable, as they often said. I am based in Reston, Virginia, planned community right outside of Washington, D.C., and thanks for joining us today. I am super duper excited that my guest today is Crystal Downey Shada. And I know Crystal from the Mary Kay world, which is the first guest I've had on from Mary Kay, but we're not really gonna talk that much about Mary Kay today. So before we hear from Crystal, I always kind of share a little bit about connections and I love connections and how we meet. And Crystal and I actually met at a Mary Kay retreat in. Um, it was a December to remember in Austin, Texas with National Sales Director Emeriti now at Danforth. And probably not going to share our big connection story, but we met and hung out and just instantly did connect and talked about all kinds of stuff and not Mary Kay stuff. And then stayed in connection with you, Crystal. And I still remember many moments of calls and coaching and mentoring from you. And not only a mentor, a coach, but I consider you a great friend. And I'm excited to have you as a guest on our podcast today. So let's get started with, I want you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your story and then a fun fact that people might not ever not know about you. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Well, Leslie, thank you. And um, I do recall our meeting and our conversations and our great friendship. And just thank you. Thank you for inviting me on. It's great to be here. Um, so just short version, 31 years building a Mary Kay business. Um, I have enjoyed it and um, hustled my way to a very high position in the company. And uh, it's been a great experience. And uh, probably a fun fact is that I am a new beekeeper. I have, oh, wow. I, I know, I have bees and I love them and it's super fun. So I check on the girls every day and it just gives me an awesome experience and grounding and it's fun super fun and you are most of the people I think almost everybody I've interviewed is pretty local to me but you are not tell me where you're from and where are you like North Virginia I'm on in Caldwell Idaho and uh Idaho born and raised and um this has been home for me for a, a a uh, very long time, this valley that I live in has been home to me for a very long time. I've built my business here and beyond, and um, I have two grown sons, and uh, they also live here, and uh, I have other family here, so yeah, this is it, and I think I've been your direction a few times. Yeah, you did come here for one event, I remember Yes, um, picking you up, and we went and hung out for dinner, and I, think we, I don't remember where it went, but I do remember that. It's a while yes. ago. I can't believe your, your sons are grown because they were I know. like young kids when we met. <laughs> Me either. Like, how does that happen? <laughs> so, well, the beekeeper thing is really a cool story. So I always start by asking people, what does courage mean to you? Hmm. Um, you know, courage means to me uh, risk-taking. Uh, it's doing something different. It's, um, for me, courage is about um, feeling some anxiety or fear or discomfort around it and making the decision anyway, doing the thing anyway. And that would, that would probably be 
my definition, my working definition of what courage means to me and what that's about. Okay. Yeah, totally agree with that. And I know your journey in Mary Kay has had ups and downs, and, and there's a lot of places that I know you personally that you showed courage and sought courage, but I think you want, we talked about going in a totally different direction. So what have you done in your life that took courage? Let's talk about your why not today story. Okay. I would love to jump into this. And it is a totally different conversation. As I, as I shared with you before we came on, I find myself just um, in unfamiliar territory discussing this topic. Um, it's not generally a conversation that I'm having. And well, I say generally, but I'm having this conversation more and more with people over the last few years when I talk about um, a paced life or a, a slower life or a, a spacious life that I'm living now. Um, it's a conversation that a lot of people are tuned into and it's tapping something in people that's pretty exciting. So um, I just a short version, I'll, I'll kind of back up my story a little bit. I have been building my Mary Kay business for, you know, as I said, 30 plus years. In fact, this last month was um, 31 years having built my Mary Kay business. And I was driven and focused and between my Mary Kay business and raising my children primarily as a single mom, that was it, that, that was my life. And I was all about the, the, the doing of it. And, um, and it worked. Um, and I could press through and, and do the things that were required and necessary to create what I thought I wanted to create. And then um, what happened was I turned 50. And when I turned 50, um, there was this bell ringing kind of wake up call in my life that I realized, um, I, I don't know, well, a couple of that coupled with, I also had a miss in my Mary Kay business, a very big public, didn't make a goal that everyone knew that I was going for kind of miss. And, and at the time I was heartbroken. I mean, I was crushed that it did not happen. And it kind of fell apart a little bit after that. Um, and in that crushingness of that missed public goal, I paused and looked up for a moment. In other words, you know, I kind of had head down, handling all of the things, doing my life. Yes. And in that experience, though it was crushing, it had me pause for a moment. And that coupled with turning 50, I just paused for a moment and I looked up and around and realized, wait a second, this is, this is my one precious life. This is it. This is the only one I get. And I get a little bit emotional when I share about that, because that was a, a powerful realization that, that I only have this one and time is escaping me. Am I really living the life that I desire to live? And as I started looking, I, I just realized that my ladder, that I had been furiously um, climbing um, and was perhaps propped up against the wrong wall. Yeah, don't we hear that often? Like, make sure that ladder is up on the right wall. Well, and I thought it was. And had you yeah. asked me prior to that moment, in my brain, it was. 
Yeah. But I think the combination of my my time on this planet and uh, and a crushing blow in a missed goal, it, I think the combination of those two at that time just had me pause and take a look and say, this is not. Well, I first asked the question, is this my definition of success? Is everything that I have worked to create how I define success? Or is this a definition placed on me by our society, by growing up when I did, by not having a lot when I grew up and the feeling the need to prove and hustle for my value? And um, so the combination of, of those things, I think, uh, just had me pause and look up and start to ask questions. The, the definition, what I discovered was that my, the definition, my definition of success had actually come from outside of me. It had not come from within me. And when I realized my time is limited, I don't know how long it is, but it is limited. Right. Uh, then that had me shift to a new thought. And I said, wait a second, this is, this is not, it's not okay with me. And so that began the process of um, discovering what didn't align with me, what I thought did, but, but actually did not align with me in my life and what was not working in my life. And I do feel like that's a first step. Absolutely. The processes. What do I not like? What is not working for me? And sometimes, you know, people can get into this over the top toxic positivity, like, well, what is working? Well, I could go there, but that, that wasn't going to help me at that moment. What I needed to do is examine what was not working. So then from that place, I could say, great. Now what? Now, what is that going to look like for me moving forward? Um, so uh, I don't even know if I remember your original question or where we were. What, no, what, what have you done that took courage? And that took a ton of courage, especially the path you were on and everybody watching you and to be able to take a step back and say, okay, this isn't, this is not working for me. And right. I think we do get wrapped up in the excitement and everybody watching. And, you know, Mary Kay is a big platform with a lot of eyes on us. Right. And to be able to say, okay, that's not working. And what do I want and value you and not what everybody else thinks. And as you said, that external right. um, validation that I think, I think 50 is kind of a magical year. I kind of felt it a little at 40 of shift, but 50, definitely like it's yeah. about and taking care of us. 50 felt like life grabbed me by the shoulders and said, we're not messing around, girl. Yeah. Like, like their time matters and it, in a way that it had not before. And my age does not bother me. So please, I don't want this to be uh, confused with, I have an issue with oh, anything, no. anything about that. I think it was just the realization in, in a very real um, way that, that time is, time matters differently than it has before now. Also realized too, that I was coming up to, uh, I'll share this little part of the story. So in 2019 is when I really started taking some action on this. 2018 had a huge year in Mary Kay. 2019, um, I started to work on that inventory I had been taking for a few years that, and actually started some execution 
of that process of what I wanted to change. And during that year, I um, remodeled and put on the market and sold a house that I'd raised my babies in. And it was the image house, you know, it was the house that looked successful, but was not what I wanted. What I wanted is what I have now, which is this really charming hundred year old cottage on a little tree lined street and it's sweet and I love it and it's small and it's delightful. And that's really what I desired is, uh, and, and not to be ungrateful for what I had, but I had that because of the image that it was and I needed to look successful. And um, so I did that, uh, became an empty nester. My youngest graduated from high school, separated and divorced uh, my husband, uh, then husband of 15 years and um, bought another business and uh, went through menopause. 2019 was a year. That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> it was a One of those would have been And you thought 2020 was bad. <laughs> yeah, well, that was 2019. So then when I finished 2019, I thought, 2020, it's my year. I'm ready. <laughs> and, and it was my year, but it was my year differently because that year required such a pause for so many of us that are, you know, obviously people in the medical field, it was not a pause, but for me in my life, it was a pause. And, um, and there was a lot of uncertainty uh, in that time. And that actually supported this, how do I want to live my life process? And what does a spacious life look like? Um, and so the 2020 actually served me very well in learning that and and creating a practice around that yeah and so I know because we work together and we talk every couple weeks and you coach me on this I think it'd be helpful maybe to kind of share what was the process of seeing how you wanted to redesign your life or reevaluate like what were I know you know obviously one of the questions is was it just a moment which turning 50 was kind of a moment Um, and everything with Mary Kay was a moment but like, what's a process if we wanted to, people listening, wanted to coach them and they're feeling the same thing. Like, how can you, what can you suggest for people to reevaluate and shift? And I know you've, we've talked a lot about this and designing the life. And Mm -hmm. we often talk about being okay with everything not being done, which, you know, and I know with Mary Kay and probably a lot of businesses, people, entrepreneurs, which a lot of people listen to this that are, you know, we never close the door and we're never done. You right. know, there's always more like people that go to an office, you know, they're done for the day, they close the door and they're off for the weekend and it's done for a, a lot of people, but it's not that way in our world. And so, you know, how would you coach somebody that is like facing like, okay, I'm not turning 50 or 40 or 30 or, and it's often those zero monumental birthdays, which we do evaluate and what's going on in our life. But what, what would you suggest to somebody that's feeling those feelings and like, okay, this is not working for me. Mm-hmm. How do you evaluate and make yeah, different I think change? It's a great question. And I think the, the first place um, is the internal, um, the internal conversation and examination um, of what is it I want my life to look like? What do I want my life to stand for? what am I committed to creating in my life? And uh, as you, as answering those questions, 
why does it matter to me is I think the next piece of that, because I can say, I desire this, I'm committed to this, I want that. Um, but without the clarity around why does it matter to me, I think um, the, the why it matters to me is directly connected to the motivation. And then that's where the action comes from. So that's my experience of it is first, um, that internal inventory of right now, right here, right now, what is it that I want my life to look like, stand for? What do I want to create? What am I committed to in this? And, um, and along with that, then why does it matter? Those two parts together really go hand in hand. And I think that that's a beginning place. Um, for me, I knew I was not happy. I knew I was dissatisfied in a lot of different areas of how I was living my life, but I don't know that I knew beyond that until I started doing some inventory of, wait a second, how do, I can go back to how or where did I get off track, but the bottom line of it isn't about that. It's about where am I right now and what matters to me right now? Right. And, and here's the other piece and this is maybe geared towards women, maybe it's geared towards people, I'm not sure, but taking that pause to say, what do I want, um, felt selfish. It felt like a selfish question to ask because my life until that point had been building a business and my children and raising my children and, 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 and what that was about. And so that was my priority. So becoming an empty nester was a big part of this as well, because I realized though they're always in my life and, you know, and they're always my kids, there right. was a shift that I, a significant shift in my identity that happened at that point. It was like, wait a second, I'm, I'm now not raising children. I'm now not a wife. And those shifts made a difference too. And it felt a little bit selfish to ask the question, what do I want? And I think self, I'm going to use the word self-care. I don't like that word, but I'm going to use that because I think it's too overused and is all about used to sell a bunch of stuff. And, and that's not what it's about. But I, I think self-care can feel selfish when we haven't done it before, when we haven't actually paused and asked ourselves those questions. So, so if you find yourself grappling a little with the, oh, this feels selfish, of course it does. Because when was the last time you actually asked yourself, what do I want? Yeah. And I think as a mother and a wife and raising kids, you know, and I'm sure there are all kinds of people that do that. But I think women in general, your whole world is wrapped around the kids and, what they need. and then all of a sudden you wake up and you're like oh who am I and where is my life and right. how did I get here and is this the track I still want to go right to lose like even I watched my sister who a lot of her friends were all wrapped around kids and the kids activities and the kids pull the kids out and things change a little bit and I don't and please know I mean one of your questions uh, I know often I've listened to some of your past podcasts as well as is often about regret. I don't regret having prioritized my children, not for a minute. No. 
I don't regret it. And I lost myself in there somewhere between my position as a Mary Kay director and mom and navigating all of the things that life was about and just really surviving life at a very high price, surviving life. Um, I discovered in that, in that process, um, I lost me. Yeah. Who is Crystal? And, and what do I want and what matters to me? Because that's really when it comes down to it, that's what I got. Yeah. And, and in the other podcast I have talked about and referenced Daniel Pink's book, Regrets, and he said, when he wrote this, he went to his daughter's college graduation. It's like, how did I get to the point that I have a child graduating? It feels like I just did. It's like life moves so fast with everything. And you wake up one day and like, oh, and it's often the regrets of, oh, why didn't I do that? Or maybe take care of me a little or, um, you know, and what, what did you wish you'd done that you couldn't do now? And it's interesting, that whole story of turning 50 and 50th birthday and being selfish. Um, on my 50th birthday, we are planning a trip, like a big trip, a bunch of girls, all these people coming. Well, this person started adding and this person started adding and this person didn't like this person and this person wasn't going. And it became about everybody else and not me. And so I remember going to bed one night. I'm like, this is not okay. This is not how I want to celebrate my birthday. And so I went down and made a list of the people I cared about and the things I wanted to do. And I said, forget this trip. You guys go if you want, but that's not about me. That was about everybody else. And I picked the people that I cared about and things I liked. And I planned a whole bunch of things that I wanted to do and be around and did the things that gave me joy, not because somebody else wanted me to do it. And I think with age comes wisdom. And I think we can look back and say, all right, what's okay for me? And it's not selfish that this is our life, you know? The other thing that I'm thinking as I'm listening to this, Leslie, is that, and as we're chatting back and forth, is that there is this new process that has been part of this for me that is um, allowing grace for myself. Prior to this, there was never grace for myself there was just demand from myself and performance, me with me. Right. And performance demand, no matter what, you know, and again, as I said, it was a very high price. So I think that's another part of this process is how, how and where can we offer grace? Be kind to ourselves. I mean, I was talking to somebody yesterday about how we, plowed through things and we are exhausted and we didn't feel well and we still showed up. I know one of my highest values is dependability. And so there are times I showed up and I probably, you know, I didn't have it in me to show up and I probably could have easily said no. And the person would have been totally fine and people do it to us all the time, but I don't like saying no to somebody. And sometimes we need to take care of us. Mm -hmm. Well, we live in a world that rewards anxious overachievers and perpetuates the narrative that our value is based in what we do and who we become and this outside information. So, and that our value must be earned in all of the different ways. So of course, so of course, we're just busy trying to, you know, play the game of what is next, what's the next requirement of me to 
earn my value. And when it's about earning our value, that is so much on the line that, yeah, we'll do whatever. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And, you know, in the Mary Kay world and lots of different worlds, we were, we were the Mary Kay hat. People just assume that. And so I really try, you know, with this podcast I'm doing and try showing that I'm much more than just the Mary Kay consultant. There's a lot more to my life than just a consultant or director. And we've got so many other facets to our life and do so many other things. I mean, you're a beekeeper. I love watching your doing your house and you redid the floors. I'm like, okay, that I don't know if I could do, but I could do other things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been quite a process. There's probably not much of this house that hasn't been touched by me in the redo process. And it's funny you're talking about the success status house. So my house, as you can see in the back, is fun. And that's who I am. I love the beach and my house is fun. And I had a friend come over one day and she goes, you need to be on one of those reality shows when they come and totally redo your house. So it shows the success that you are. And I mentioned it to her later, like it really insulted me. but she didn't mean it that way. But the way I took it was like, she didn't like my house and it had to be totally changed. The successful person that I am. She's like, you're a top executive in Mary Kay. You're super successful. Your house should look different. I'm like, no, this is my house and this is what I like. And this is what gives me joy. And I live here. Right, right. You know, yeah. my house isn't for somebody else. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's this process of, of, uh, healing those outside expectations that we grab onto and own as our own and starting to detangle that of what's mine and what's not. And then once we do standing in that. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. And I think, you know, COVID was, I mean, it was a bad thing for a lot of people, but I think it was a good evaluation. I know I evaluate me and I've shifted my life because of the virtual world and being able to travel and do the things I enjoy. Mm-hmm. and work wherever still you know be able to have a livelihood but be able to take it and do and it just like you said just reevaluate why are we doing what we're doing got on that hamster wheel i think right and it's an ongoing practice to peel back oh, and those years of earning our worth by being busy and productive at the expense of a life well lived and a life um, that's the well-being of ourselves is is at the at the middle of it or the center of it, and it's a practice to heal that hustle. Um, and so it doesn't just like oh you know a little fairy bops you on the head and boom now you're wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> right? It's an ongoing practice of I value my life, and that that value of my life is not in direct proportion to my. Um, busy, my productivity, my programmed image of success. And it's a day by day, moment by moment practice. It's so I love how you call it practice. I know Brene Brown often talks about it's work, but not like in the sense that you've got a job work. It's working on us. Yeah. And it's It's, an practice because I'm a recovering perfectionist. So I need to know that it's a practice and I'm not going to get it. Exactly. We got it. And that's one of the things with this podcast. It's like, I just had to do it and it's not perfect. And this is actually the first episode that I'm going to throw on YouTube, which is a little scary. Um, so we're doing the video part and, but every episode I try to add a little difference, a little add 
a little bit more, learn something new. So it's, it's yeah, we're, we try to, everything has to be perfect to start. And sometimes you just got to start. And that's what I did with that. And I know you're looking at doing a podcast or something similar. Yes. So I'm excited to see that. And hopefully what I'm doing can teach you some things and we can work together Absolutely. to do things together. So Absolutely. Um, yes, looking forward to it. In fact, I, I think this message is a message that, um, that a lot of people have resonated with. So I'm excited to have more of it out there. I'm yeah. coaching a few people now around it. So to actually take it as a message that to support people in this process, I'm excited about. Well, I am so grateful for you coaching me on it, but I have my practice phone call every two weeks <laughs> and it's ongoing. And as you are a great coach that you coach me, that there's a lot of self-coaching going on mm-hmm. because of what you taught me oh, and, good and job. working on us. So what encouragement would you give somebody else to be courageous? And actually I heard something on a podcast or something the last couple of days, they've used the word encouragement. And I just, this just, Chris, this just, just hit me that encouragement they said was courage within was encouragement, which is what we're talking about. So, you know, from the inside out. So what would you suggest? What, what encouragement would you give somebody to be courageous or work on themselves or evaluate their life or Well, I think asking ourselves, um, are we truly living that life that we desire um, without selling out to the supposed to have or supposed to be, you know, really coming to that core of what is my definition of success for me? What does it look like? What does it taste like, smell like, feel like, sound like? What are all of the parts of that in detail? visualizing it in a way that is, is powerful and I can actually feel it come alive in me. Like that, I think is a step in this process that is revealing and really beautiful. And when we open ourselves to possibility, possibility is one of my favorite words. So what would be possible if I began that journey? If that experience inside of me of what my definition of success looks like, not what it's supposed to be, not what I've been taught, but what I really want and desire and am committed to having, what would be possible in that journey? Because I think sometimes we hold back because we just don't know, we can't see, we don't have the whole picture. It's a little unclear. And so if we can begin with that place, and open ourselves to all of the possibilities in it, it could be really beautiful. Never know. And so I always at the end connect because this podcast was in honor of my father. Mm -hmm. And I always try to connect back to my dad. And I interviewed somebody, she's like, I never met your dad, which of course you didn't either, Crystal. Um, But that's not about what it is. It's about what we talk about that, it's kind of the legacy he left. So lots of things popped up. One saying that you wanted to, you know, what mattered to you paying attention to that? And what did you want? What did you want your life to stand for and look like? And my dad definitely left a legacy um, that, and I've probably mentioned this many times that there's people that I know I grew up with that said my dad, they had more conversations with my father than they ever did their own father. Wow. And he left that legacy and he made a difference. And 
just like you, he was great at asking questions, made you come up with the answer. Now, very frustrating when you're in high school at midnight trying to do your homework, but of course. Of course. And, you know, he wanted to make a difference and he actually started the Reston Chamber, not because he had local business, but he was raising a family of six kids in this community and wanted to make a difference and be a part of it. And so, um, you know, and talking about possibilities and he, there was never a problem that he thought was a problem. There was always an option and let's look at this and let's look at that. I was talking to somebody the other day and he said, she's like, your dad always like was thinking a hundred steps ahead, like creative ideas and looking at the possible and crazy ideas and people like, really? But you know, some of his crazy ideas have come to pass and the legacy he left, not only on me, but people in the community and my family and it keeps getting passed on and hopefully this why not today will connect, keep going. But yeah, it's looking at what's important. And he was not always, you know, wasn't in the cookie cutter, like what he's supposed to do. He owned his own business, which I think encouraged me to own my own business and got outside the box and was creative. And we actually, kind of a crazy story. When I was 16, my parents bought a camper. And at that point, there were only five of us. Um, Amanda wasn't born yet, but we went on a cross-country trip for five weeks. Wow. Catherine, my sister, was five weeks old when we went. Now, as a 16-year-old, the last place you want to be with is your family and your sister that's five weeks old. Looking back, the fact that he sacrificed and did that for us. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was a great adventure, but it was he was enjoying life and enjoyed life till the minute he died, basically um, kept going. So yeah, lots of connections, which is really kind of cool. That's so amazing. any parting words or anything you want to share or how do people find you? Uh, well, people can find me um, just via my email in this moment, which is healing the hustle at gmail.com. And I'll share this too with all the, that'd be great. yeah, that'd be great. And um this is an adventure. This, this moving into spacious living is an adventure. And, and what, again, what would be possible if we could have it come from that perspective? Like, what is the next step in this awesome adventure called my life? And what can happen from that place? Yeah, I'm excited to be part of this adventure with you. So thank you so much for being on here and sharing your story. And I love that we took it in a whole different way and hopefully teaching people some things today. Um, you can find the Why Not Today podcast on Spotify, iTunes. We're working on a website and working on some other things, but also I'm working with a promotional company to come out with some merchandise. So I think I've showed it before, but we have a Why Not Today cups to remind you why not today. And the logo on here, if you don't know me or my dad, he actually, this was his logo. He had an eye patch and a handlebar mustache. So we affectionately call this flap hat. And so I do have a t-shirt. I'm very casual today, but these are new t-shirts I just made that had a flap hat on the back. It says, why not today? So I'm working with this promotional company last week and we have long sleeve, short sleeves, men's, women's, we're kind of playing around with it. So if anybody's interested in some why not today gear, I actually have a vinyl for your car. Like why not today? And a kind of a funny story to add to this is, Last weekend, a friend of mine, I was out of town four hours away at a lake and a friend of mine was having a hard day. Um, Saturday morning, she came to water my plants and I'm like, why don't you come to the lake? Oh, I got to clean. She was going to paint her closet and she had her day 
very much scheduled. She, she got up at six o'clock and had her complete to-do list scheduled by the time she had to do it. And I was like, why don't you just come? It was like 80 degrees, no humidity, beautiful. I'm like, you could be here this afternoon. And finally we're like, why not today? And she jumped in the car and was literally there 24 hours and had the best time of exactly what she needed. And who cares about the to-do list thing? Sometimes you just need to say why not today and enjoy life because it may be raining and hot and gross next week, but take advantage of it when you can. So, yeah. So thank you again for being on Crystal. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, I'm going to try to figure out a way to do some comments, likes, give away some stuff. Got to figure Maybe that'll be next week <laughs> or the next one. Great. So every other Saturday we debut a episode of why not today. If you know anybody that's interested, it has a great story let me know and we'll share it. So thanks again, Crystal. Thank you. Thank you, my dear. You are welcome.